Hey everybody, I'm Eric Tornberg, co-founder, partner, Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is an episode of Venture Stories, where we deep dive on topics relating to tech and business with some of the world's leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Venture Stories by Village Global podcast. I'm here with Adam Bree. From Skydio, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Awesome. Adam, could you introduce Skydio and why in the, of all the things you could have built in the drones landscape, you're focusing on this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, about four years ago when we started, we looked out and saw all the exciting concepts that were out there with drones. And there's a lot on both the consumer and the commercial side. But we felt like a lot of the concepts weren't really possible with existing products, which essentially required the focused attention of a skilled operator. And it just seemed like autonomy done well would be a huge enabler for the space. And that's really what we've been focused on since we got started. So there's a lot of technology challenges involved in building something that's intelligent enough to fly itself as well as a person can. Uh, but we also think that there's huge payoff if you can deliver on that. So the company's gone through a few different stages. You know, we've been pretty tech focused and we've built up this full autonomy stack. And just last week, we're super excited to have launched our first product, the Skydio R1, which is more on the consumer side and has really incredible follow and cinematic capabilities. Uh, but we think that the core technology there and what we've built can be the foundation for a lot of other applications as well. So you mentioned that you explored other ideas within the consumer commercial uh, space, but didn't find them feasible or want to pursue them for other reasons. First, can you map out uh, how you sort of envision the landscape and why each one wasn't the idea for you, perhaps, but maybe a, a company that's trying to do that in the space, whether it's succeeding or not. Sure. So I think that the, you know, there's, as with, with any sort of new technology, there's this interesting landscape of what's technologically feasible, what kind of markets seem interesting and ready. Um, so I think in broad strokes, there's like a few big divisions out there worth thinking about. And one of them is just sort of imaging and not imaging. So there's, you know, we, we think there's a huge amount of value to be created basically by moving an image sensor around in 3D. And that's general across consumer and commercial. For consumer, you're creating pictures and videos. For commercial applications, you're basically gathering data. And there's some specialization within that. Like sometimes you need higher resolution or you need like to be working in, in a different spectrum like IR or something. But generally, it's all based on just like flying a camera around and how that thing moves and what it does and the workflow around it varies quite a bit by use case. But that's sort of like one, I would say, large grouping of stuff that people do. And that's pretty big. It spans like agriculture, insurance, the consumer stuff, the picture and video stuff. There's there's a lot in there. Outside of that, you know, I would say the other really big one is delivery. So actually before starting Skydio, my co-founders and I were working on Project Wing at Google X, which was Google's drone delivery effort. So clearly like moving physical goods around uh, is an interesting, pretty exciting thing uh, and something that in the long run, we're still pretty optimistic about. Um, but we think that there's sort of a natural progression from the technology you can build with just a flying camera where the stakes are relatively low, the, the platform is pretty light and safe um, up to something that's carrying like a five or 10 pound package, which is going to weigh 50 or 60 pounds and be a lot noisier and, and have a lot more safety concerns around it. So basically, we wanted to focus in an area where we felt like autonomy could have a huge impact, but where the stakes were a little bit lower. Like it's not a self-driving car where you have a person riding around and you're on the streets with other people. Like it's it's something that weighs about a kilogram. It's flying itself. 
Um, and it allows you to like to ship a fully autonomous product much faster than I think you could in some of these other domains. If you were running, let's say, a 50 or $100 million fund exclusively focused on the drone landscape, what would your thesis be? And where would you be thinking of investing? Where would you be thinking of, hey, that's you know not, not now or not yet or not ever? That's, yeah, it's an interesting question. And I think that it, you know, a lot of it relates to sort of what we're trying to do at Skyview. I would say generally, I think that we're, the space is very early. Like if you look at usage patterns with existing drones um, for consumer and commercial, like the thing crashing into stuff is still like pretty high on the list of things that goes wrong, which I think is just a general sign that like, you know, the products are pretty early. Like imagine if every 10th time you use your iPhone, if you push the wrong button at the wrong time, it would incinerate and be useless to you from then on. Like it would be, you know, that would, I think, right. <laughs> yeah, it would be frustrating. Yeah, it would be frustrating. And it would, you know, we, none of the things that are really possible with phones today would be possible. So I think that we're very early days. Like I think you could look at the beginning of like personal computers, the beginnings of like mobile phones, probably the beginning of the internet, like the, the dot-com boom you know, our belief and we're trying to be a part of this is that there's a lot of sort of like harder core tech to be built that will in the long run, make a lot of the really valuable, exciting stuff work. So I think general areas to look at are like core supporting technologies that are going to make, make drones useful for a lot of people. And so autonomy seems like a big one. You know, there are other problems like noise and flight time that have, that limit use cases that if you can push back on will have a pretty big impact. And then, you know, with existing products, I think the things that tend to be working well are sort of these service oriented models where you do have a person in the loop and you can like have a network of operators or you can target a particular vertical and, and deliver some value by like, by doing the inspection or mapping or, or monitoring or whatever people want to do. I think that, in the future, it's likely that those things will be automated by by devices that sort of operate themselves and can completely fly themselves. But it seems like there is opportunity with the right sort of vertical and the right business model to to do interesting things in the short term. You know, the thing that is obvious on both sides of that is that you have to think through how the technology and markets are going to evolve. Because I think the thing that you know. The thing that works perfectly with products today may not be the most compelling thing with products in two years or five years. Can you say more about that? Can you give an example? Well, I mean, I think the this is you know this ties into what we're trying to do at Skydio, but like the shift to automation, I think will be a big one. Like most service models with drones today require having a person pretty closely involved, um, which means that it's not as scalable as if you know you can just push a button and, and command a fleet. And I think those kinds of things are coming. You know, the other challenge, and this is something that, that we navigated ourselves, is if you're trying to work on a core technology, there's a lot of other things that you have to do to get that to market. And the way that the ecosystem has developed is there's basically like one dominant player right now in DJI, um, and they do basically everything in-house, which means that it's it's very difficult. Even if you have an extremely compelling solution for one part of the tech stack, it's very difficult to turn that into a business um, mm-hmm. because you would basically have one customer and there's a lot of other people that have tried to copy what DJI is doing in different ways, but, but none of that is really working. So, you know, for us, we very early on, and this was before we made these decisions before it was clear DJI was going to be as dominant as they are, but we basically made the decision that 
you know, autonomy we thought was central enough and important enough and had enough other implications across how you would think about the product and the hardware that we would do it all ourselves. Like we would build the physical device, which is super fun, super challenging, also super expensive. And, you know, I'm pretty excited with, with what we've gotten to, but it's a pretty large scope thing. And I think that even now that would be a pretty difficult business to think about starting. Right. How do you think about uh, compare your landscape to VR, other emergent sort of, you know, technologies? And what do you think is sort of the tipping point that, you know, once this advancement hits, when X advancement hits, you know, the space will be in a radically different place. Yeah. It's an interesting question. I think, you know, this is, so I'm, I guess, relative, I don't still think of myself as young. Maybe I'm like 31. So I haven't been through a lot of these like, cycles. cycles. Like I'm fortunate to have investors and advisors who have seen a lot of stuff. You know, I think one of the things when you look at something like VR, one of the just obvious challenges, I think AR has this as well, is the like, there's a lot of pieces that have to come together for it to be a compelling thing. Like, you know, I'm a sports fan and if I could, if I could watch my favorite sports games in VR, I would definitely for sure own a VR headset, but I can't yet. So I don't. And there's sort of these like this chicken and egg thing with the content and the developers and the hardware and the devices. And, you know, I'm, I'm quite optimistic about both AR and VR, but I think that's clearly one of the dynamics there where everybody seems to think it's inevitable that it will happen, but a lot of pieces have to come together for it to be like a really compelling thing. I think our view, and this is an informed that informed our strategy, is that the commercial side of drones has a little bit of that aspect where you need the drone itself to be good. You need big corporations who are probably going to be the biggest users and the best customers to be used to using drones. You probably need a lot of like backend workflow software to help them get, you know, get value out of the data that a drone can provide. And these things are like, I think it will happen. It's just going to take a while to spin up. And one of the reasons why we decided to focus more on I wouldn't even say, I mean, our first product is like a high-end consumer thing, like prosumer maybe, but we, we wanted to focus on something that we felt like could provide value entirely on its own and allow us to develop a lot of the tech and have a really compelling product and then start to expand out into these other things as, as they're sort of ready for it and as the markets develop. Um, I, I would also say I think there's a lot of really interesting tech overlap across AR, VR drones, like computer vision, deep learning, embedded compute, like all this stuff is really happening at a super fast pace. And I think this is sort of like a rising tide lifts all boats. Like the hardware makers are making the right vision sensors and the right chips and the algorithms are getting better and better. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's awesome to get to, to ride that stuff. It with VR, there's sort of a question on, Hey, is this just gaming and entertainment or is this literally how we work, you know, and engage with people Yeah, with drones? There's sort of similar, question about the sort of like how big, big is this? Yeah. I I think it's probably pretty difficult at the outset of a lot of these things to see exactly where it's going. You know, I think there's, we think about this a lot with the stuff that we're doing. I think there's sort of like obvious proxies that you can look to, to kind of think about how big of an opportunity there might be. So, you know, if you look at like consumer picture and video, you can look at like at their peak, how many points, so point shoot cameras were sold. I think it's about a hundred million a year. Um, and you know, how many pictures are taken every day on the iPhone and like how much sharing of media is there on social media. And, you know, I think they could use some idea of sort of like what the appetite is on the consumer side for pictures and video. And you can look at use with manual flown drones and it's a pretty, you know, it's like 
$3 billion a year growing pretty steadily still with devices that basically crash themselves. Like the typical customer experience is people crash it within a week. So yeah. <laughs> it seems like there's still a lot of opportunity there. And then on the commercial side, you know, there's sort of the bottoms up analysis of like, you know, how much is spent today on inspection and how much do construction companies spend due to like having to tear things down and rework them because they didn't know that it didn't build wrong. And maybe you could catch that with the drone. So I think there's sort of like some obvious bottoms up analysis to be done unsurprisingly, you know, we're pretty optimistic about a long-term future beyond that. I think that as you can remove the fundamental, the fundamental capability is just moving stuff around the software in 3d and you can move an image sensor, you can move physical goods. And I think that the more robust that becomes and the more the friction gets pulled out of doing it, the more things that people will find to do with it as they have, as, you know, as developers have with basically everything that makes up our, our modern tech world. But I do think it's going to, it's going to take a while to mature because these are, you know, this is drones are sort of computers meet reality and reality is complex. Right. There's a lot more things that can go wrong in reality that can go wrong inside of a purely yeah. software environment. We explore more of that. If in five years out or 10 years out or even 20 years out, we're talking again about this and, and the drone space hasn't reached their potential or put slightly differently, which is a different thing. There are, there haven't been multi-billion dollar companies in the space. Why, why would that be the case? Or what would the biggest reasons be? I guess I, I like maybe take issue with the, like, I, I, it's hard to say like, what is the potential? Right. Um, because it's, <laughs> it's hard to know right. from where we are today. I mean, I think that there's DJI is already selling billions of dollars a year and valued, you know, a couple years ago at 10 plus billion dollars. So like they're, you know, they're not a Silicon Valley company. I suspect if they were a Silicon Valley company, attitudes would be pretty different. Right. They're not. But, you know, there's already sort of like one example. And I really think that they're, you know, I just, I just know this from sort of my background and having worked on this stuff for a while, like we really are just scratching the surface of what's physically possible from a tech standpoint. So, you know, I think there's like a pretty impressive benchmark already for manually flown drones. And uh, as the tech and the products get better, I think there's a lot of potential beyond that in terms of like blockers is it government regulation or incumbents just take them everything or um, is there a concern with that? Yeah, I think that regulation is certainly like, I think it can slow things down. I don't think in the long run it'll really like stop things, but I think it can certainly slow things down. You know, I, I really think it's largely on, on the companies, you know, people for a while regulation has sort of been like a, punching back for the industry of like, Oh, like we would be super, you know, we'd be doing X, Y, and Z if like the FAA wasn't holding us back. And the FAA has moved slower than people maybe would have liked, but I think it's been pretty reasonable. I, I really think it's mostly on the companies, the people making the products and the people trying to build apps and services around them to like, to solve enough of the problem such that there's a compelling value proposition. And I think that the, like the value in a lot of these cases is pretty clearly there. It's just a question of like, salt like building a good enough thing that it's you know it's compelling enough for somebody to use to achieve whatever they're trying to achieve uh and so you know i I, if i had to guess like in certainly on a five-year time horizon i think if the industry isn't where it's sort of like hoped to be or where it might be i think it'll probably have a lot to do with just like the stuff not being good enough yet Mm -hmm. the technology yeah just the technology and the products but it's inevitable once once it is I think so. I, I think, yeah, it's, you know, is it five years or 20 years? It's right. hard to say for sure. Totally. How have you, uh, you at Skydio slash other you know, companies in the space evolved their thinking on business model? 
Yeah, I kind of like to joke. I mean, our business model right now is, is pretty much as simple as it could be. It's just a complex one to execute. Like we're building physical goods right. and selling them. So yeah. it doesn't get any simpler than that. It's just that yeah. executing on that is is a super challenging thing. You know, I think that we when we first started, we you know, it was three co-founders in a basement. We knew we knew a lot about software. We knew that building hardware was going to be hard. We knew especially that building consumer hardware was going to be extremely challenging. And so for the first six months, you know, we were self-funded and we basically focused exclusively on hardware and we were kind of agnostic on business model. We thought maybe we'll license this stuff. Maybe we'll partner people that are already building drones. And I think that we, you know, through building the tech ourselves and then through talking to potential customers who might license the stuff, we, we saw pretty quickly that that wasn't going to work super well because we would essentially we were so tightly tied to the hardware that we basically need to co-develop a product. And I think that there are, there are probably other companies that were competitors of ours at the time that, you know, face similar things. And, you know, I think one, one thing so far is like the way the market has developed the, like the technology licensing thing is not, hasn't yet been a viable thing, which is not to say that it couldn't in the future, but I think so far has, has not worked well around that. I think there were a lot of companies that were sort of trying to do, we're service oriented, but we're trying to go full vertical. We're like, you know, we're going to build the drone and we're going to run the service and we're going to crunch the data, which is I think also like an interesting way to go. But I think most of the companies that were doing that have backed away a little bit and are using other people's drones and focusing more. And because it's too hard or more on the service side, I think because like building, my view on is that you sort of have to be like all in or not at all. Like you can't halfway build a drone. Drones are like super challenging. There's a lot of physics. There's a lot, like there's just a, Right. It's a really hard thing to do. Full stack or no stack. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Teams would say. Yeah. And what was the determining factor for you to go full stack? You know, we, I think we just, we thought that an autonomous drone was fundamentally different from a manual drone at kind of every level. Like the kinds of people who would use it were different. The features that it had would be different. The way you think about the product and the hardware would be very different. Like, and you can see that with our, product today you know it's not the kind of thing where you could just smack a module on an existing drone and have it do what it does like it has 13 cameras it sees in every direction it has a really powerful computer and the whole product experience has been thought through with this idea of autonomy as like the first class notion so you know i think that was like the the major major thing for us plus it's fun you know like building product is sweet how would you characterize Andreessen Horowitz's thesis on the space, I mean, they've done you, they've done Airware, mm-hmm. they've done any other companies in the space? Uh, they have a few, I probably shouldn't. Not, stealth. I, yeah, <laughs> well, no, they, I think this this is public, um, like SkySafe is another yeah, yeah. that they made, um, which is kind of an interesting, like, anti-drone, drone company, right. which we're also, you know, I think what they do is super important. Like, ultimately, I think it's good for the industry. But if you were speaking for that, like, what sort of threads those companies together, how would you think about? I think they're all kind of different, right. which is part of what, what makes it work. I mean, I think that they are very optimistic generally on the space, which is why they've invested in it and they've kind of made different bets on different pieces of it. Like, so say the bull cases for airware and for SkySafe, like what's the, what's the argument why those would be huge companies? So I think, you know, for SkySafe, it's that there's, there's this element of like inevitability to drones becoming just more frequent everywhere. And, Along with that, you have the potential for bad actors and also, if not bad actors, people who just aren't sort of thoughtful about what they're doing. And along with that, there are real security concerns. Um, and so for, you know, SkySafe, 
uh, basically provides solutions around that to protect stadiums and other valuable infrastructure from people using drones in ways that the people that like are responsible for, for the safety of those places uh, can, can like, can get protection on. So, you know, I think the, the bull case for them is basically that like drones are happening and along with drones happening, we need our way, some way to like protect ourselves from the bad things that go along with it, which I think is accurate and important. And then for airware, you know, I would say that the, the high level thesis is that there is, it's clear that there's a lot of enterprise value to be unlocked with, with drones. And, you know, I think it's airware has like, I think had success in, in a few different verticals and it's hard to say exactly like which ones will like really pop, but generally like something there will. And then I would say for us, the, and you know, the, the long-term we view the, as I was kind of alluding to, like the device itself is sort of a platform. It's like a software canvas that can have a bunch of different workflows and use cases, depending on what software you write on top of it. And ultimately we think autonomy is the thing that sort of makes that platform possible where you don't have to think in terms of drone physics. You can just think in terms of this like magic image sensor that's moving around in 3d kind of like programming a video game. Um, And we would take care of everything else in a world where drones reach their potential, uh, whether it's five years or 20 years, what sort of second order effects or like how will life be different for the average consumer in, in, uh, in, in ways we maybe can't predict right now or. Yeah. So I think drones aren't the only way to get to this, but I think that they're one of the more compelling ways. I think that we will take for granted new cities. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's, there's different avenues here. I think that we will take for granted kind of like arbitrary, high fidelity, high resolution, real time access to the physical world of just like, I want to know what's happening at this point in time, in this point in space. And that information will just, just be there. It'll be very easy to get. You can kind of imagine like Google maps, street view in real time in millimeter level resolution for the whole world. Like I think that data is eminently collectible and probably like cheaper than it's even to collect now with satellites at even much higher resolution. So I think that's sort of like one interesting implication that ties in with like VR and AR and other stuff, you know, as, as you, maybe this is what you were hinting at. I think the technology in drones, you know, I said before you can build a flying camera and make that super robust. And then maybe you take the, autonomous flying camera tech and put it into something that's delivering physical goods and make that super robust. And then maybe you take that tech that's delivering physical goods and use that as a navigation system for a flying taxi or something, mm-hmm. um, which is another thing that I think is coming. The The flying taxi is probably going to be descended in some form from today's drones and from electric vehicles like Tesla's. And so the general trajectory of technology, I think like probably ties these things together in the next five years. What will Skydio look like? Well, we're, I mean, at the moment, we're just super excited to, to have our product out there. And, you know, we've sort of gotten to play with this thing internally a lot over the last year um, and done a lot of beta testing. And we're pretty excited to, to see what first customers do with it. You know, I think that there's, there's just kind of a main line of development of taking the capabilities that we've proven with R1 and making them better and more robust and making everything about the product itself better in terms of like flight time, size, weight, these things. So there's a main line of product development that I think takes the capabilities that we have now and makes them more mainstream, more useful for more people. And then there's also taking the core autonomy tech and building other applications around it. 
And, you know, we're pretty excited about both those directions. We think that it can unlock a lot. And even, you know, just at our first week, like the amount of inbound interest we've gotten from people right. with all kinds of, you know, some of them pretty crazy, some of them pretty sane and exciting <laughs> yeah. in the short term of like what they want to do with it. You know, I think we're interested in, in all that stuff. Awesome. Well, this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, thank you for coming on. Lastly, where can people learn more about Skydio and find you online and any pieces of advice for people out there looking to build a company in the space? Yeah. So you can just find us at, at skydio.com. Really the best way to like to understand the product and the capabilities is to look at our videos. So we've got a lot of them on our website, but you can also um, go to youtube.com slash Skydio to see the the stuff that we have out there. A lot of it's kind of like the marketing polish content. And then we also want to have a lot of just like product in the wild um, to get a sense for, for what it can actually do. You know, I think for people looking to start something in the space, you know, my, I think this is like, this is probably true no matter what you're doing drones or anything. I think thinking really carefully about the, the sort of like the application, especially now I think thinking really carefully about like, the application and the, the value that you think you can provide with today's products and how that's going to evolve over the, over the next few years. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure.